Live from Toronto, it's Hebsey on Sports, episode number 272. Hi there, sports fans. Mark Hebsher here in snowy Little Italy and at the mothership in New Toronto, where I assume there's plenty of snow as well. I don't know. It's, you know, there's about 12 kilometers away. It could be beautiful and balmy. <laughs> Lots of snow. Okay, it's Toronto Mike at the ready, as usual. Today on the show, the Maple Leafs love playing at home now. Sure. Of course, there's fans in the stands. That helped spur the Maple Leafs onto victory over Sydney and the Penguinos. But there are still those who are not impressed with the Leafs and will not be until the team wins a playoff round. And you know who you are. Who are those guys? The Raptors hit the All-Star break on a high. Fred Van Vliet, though, needs to rest those knees during All-Star weekend, even though he's favored to win the three-point shooting contest. I got on with Bodog, a plus 440 to take Freddie. Freddie to win the three-point shooting contest. Am I out of my mind? No, man, bet on yourself. That's what Freddie says. As expected, Canada beats the U.S. and wins gold in women's hockey. But a lot of folks jumped off the men's hockey bandwagon, and I'm pissed at all of you. Where's the love for the men? I mean, I get it. I mean, everyone wants the women to do it. I get it. But come on, especially ladies. Let's give the men some love. I get all the tweets about women. I get it. I'm, I'm on board, too. But maybe a couple of tweets about men, just like maybe a little bit, bit, bit of love. Just no, none. We'll get into it, Hebsey. No, no. Come on. A little love for the men. Okay. Cast aside. Oh, losers. We don't care about them. We only care about the NHL. Uh, in about 30 minutes, we'll be joined by our guest, the TV voice of the Tampa Bay Light, the Tampa Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, defending Stanley Cup champs, call them whatever the hell you want. Winners is what they are. And Dave Randorf is as well. He's my guest. First, though, my exhausted colleague, Toronto Mike. Anything happened to you interesting this week, Mike? <laughs> Hebsy, thank you for your contribution to episode 1000 of Toronto Mike, man. It was, uh, you, got, you sent in a great clip, which is in the episode, and I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, so my girlfriend says, uh, is, can you tell me where in the five-hour... <laughs> uh epic it, it, where it, she says like where's that where's your testimonial i'm like yeah. oh, i don't know she goes can you find out from mike i said i really don't think mike um, okay I, I really don't think that you you probably did but it's something like for someone to go hey mike i don't want to listen to the whole five <laughs> hours could you tell me where to go like do i fast forward to this number to hear this i clip? got that request from many people and you, you ready for the, our mutual fan uh tyler campbell actually took some time yesterday to document the timestamp of every voice you hear on episode 1000. That's fantastic. I actually can get that to you guys. That's great. Um, but that's for another time because this is my podcast. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey, you see, have. here's another thing, Mike. I think you spread yourself a little thin this week. No offense. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a great rush of blood to the ego. I've had it many, many times before. It is. It's great when everyone is saying, you know, how great you are, what an accomplishment it is. And I right. and many of us. But at some particular point, you got to go, wait a sec. I got to get back on the rails here. I, reality. I got to hey, get I'm back on time. Reality. I'm and here. No, 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 that's not it. But what happened was I found that you, you know, during the course of, I think you stretched yourself a little thin because I, I think this was a tweet by you while the men were losing in the quarterfinals two nothing in like the fucking second period. I see a tweet from Mike that says, uh, this isn't real NHL hockey anyway. Uh, bring on the women tonight. Like you basically like you jumped yeah. off the bandwagon and broke both your ankles as far as I'm concerned. I wasn't on the bandwagon. You I, were I, on the bandwagon. You have to be because you're Canadian. You're telling me you're rooting for Canada to lose in hockey? Oh, God. Men's no, no, hockey? No, no. 
I think I wish you had quoted my tweet. I was much more eloquent there. But essentially, you know, yes, I would love me, to win you gold. You weren't that eloquent. You, you I, know what you did? No, <laughs> you were pissed off because Sweden scored. And you, and I know because we all do this, you do it a lot too, is you just got on the keyboard and went blah, 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 and hit send. No, and you really didn't a, think about, no, you didn't think about the team. influence that you have on people, Mike, yeah. by jumping off the bat or by saying, oh, I give up on this. Okay, you do the same thing with the Leafs. I'm looking at the playoffs. What you do is you sap the energy out of every fan that wants to believe. That wants believe to, in what? That wants to bet on themselves. Wants to bet on Canada maybe coming back. Okay, but no, no, no. I'm done with them. That's what you did. Not a good team. Did you watch any of that men's hockey? I watched, team? I watched all of it. Okay, and I still Terrible wanted them team. to win. I didn't give up. When it was two nothing in the second, when they're I didn't give up. I said I didn't tweet. care. I didn't give up, and then tweet out that I gave up. That's the <laughs> difference. You can give up without telling, announcing to everybody, and you're very influential, Mike. Oh well, I'm not interested in this team. Uh, I, I, it's not NHL hockey players anyway. Right. I didn't care in the first place. That's kind of the way I got That's it, and right. I was hurt. I was hurt. <laughs> it's not that I gave up; it's that I didn't care. I didn't care when we lost to Germany four years ago in that quarterfinal. I did not care that we were going to lose to Sweden in this quarterfinal because, my friend, just like I don't care if we win the Spengler Cup. It's fun to win the Spengler Cup. Let's go, Canada! I root for don't Canada to win the Spengler even Cup. Start, who cares? Don't compare the Olympic Games. How is it? <laughs> don't compare the Olympic Games and the Spengler Cup. The caliber of hockey don't, and the, the Olympic quality of Canadian game, Mike, talent. the Olympic Games. You shit on Team Canada's men's hockey team. You shit it was on the only Canadian contingent at Beijing that wasn't the best. You know what I mean? Every other discipline there, including the women's hockey, was our very best athletes in that discipline. But except you blame the play- men's you blame hockey. The players. You just basically said they're not real Canadians. They could have you know, cobbled. I never together. said that. I said they the attitude of that tweet alone. I think thousands of people just turned off Team Canada's men's team. <laughs> Like you did. Anyway, I'm just, I, uh, that was my thing. Because that was in the middle of the game. This is like, you're live tweeting and you're going, oh, the hell with it. Because you're well, buddy, I'm done. Greg, I mean, I'm not BFF, a, why Greg did you even watch in the, well, if you weren't interested, why did you even watch in the first place, Mike? Your B, of course I watch, but your BFF, Greg Brady, was talking oh about goodness. how Canada <laughs> hasn't yet got over losing to Germany in the quarterfinals. And I, I snapped at him, and, and I think most Canadians agree. We got over it in two minutes because it wasn't best on best. We <laughs> care about best on best. And so any Olympic event that doesn't feature what you, who you feel are the best that the country has to offer, you don't watch? Well, or I'm you not, don't I'm root for them as hard? Or you don't root for them as hard? Tell, give me, no, tell you're me. Not as, So no. what was your attitude during the men's, when the men's were playing hockey? You weren't into it from the start, but you watched. I they watched. Because they might watched, win. I you watched. Say, Ooh, I'm a Canadian. No, I watched because uh, I'd like Canada to win gold. I, you I like- are a classic bandwagon jumper. Admit it. It's okay. There's lots of you out there. But you're How classic. Have, okay, you're not a diehard. You're not a diehard Canadian, dyed-in-the-wool Canadian fan. You're a I want to know how many Hebsy on... By the way, you weren't even into the Olympics last time I talked to you, but how I many Hebsy on... I told you, but I told you, it'll take a while, and this week, the past week, and, were when they were... And you, how upset are you that games. we lost to Sweden? How upset are you? That we lost Sweden in the quarterfinals? Right. I'm not upset, but I watched the whole game and I appreciated the effort. And you How didn't. upset were you in Nagano and when you Canada didn't. lost to the Czech Nagano, Republic? Mike, what year was that? Do you that honestly was think, do you honestly this think, country because it was our very are you best out of your mind, in Nagano? Are you out of your mind? Do you honestly think that I, can, that I, in my mind, I'm thinking about horrible things that happened to Canadian hockey teams? What are you, nuts? I got a life to live. 
I'm not Nagano in 98. You're still thinking about Nagano? I what am, about the actually. girlfriend that dumped you in 1998? Still worried about her, too? <laughs> I was married in 98, but... Uh, wait, I, wait a second. Hang on. <laughs> what do we got there, Hebsy? Hebsy's distracted. He's uh, he's piled on here, and uh, what do you see there? Here. Sorry about that. Oh, my goodness. What's going on over I, there? I blew a fuse. Oh, one At least your internet down. held out. I'll be down. doing this solo. If your internet goes, I'm going to be doing it just talking about... My internet's not going to go. My internet's not going to go. We got to get to the show. We get right. to the show. But just for the record, though, last week you <laughs> shit all over the Olympics. You didn't give up. I didn't shit on the Olympics. Olympics. I said I wasn't interested at that point because they weren't giving out medals. And suddenly you you're labor, on my you, ass because you, I didn't care that we you lost. You labor under the misconceptions. Mike, honest to God, all right? Come on. Admit it. You tweeted something out. That if you could have brought it back and thought about it before you hit send, you may not have tweeted it out. Because, because man, if you're a Canadian, you got to be with them thick or thin. It doesn't mean you have to tweet out that you're with them thick and thin, but don't tell people if you're walking away from something. That's all I'm saying. All right. I'm trying, we're trying to foster a relationship with the listeners and viewers. And here you are going, fuck Canada's hockey fucking men's team. I'm rooting I for the women. I didn't That's care. Kind of the way it came at, it came out to me in real time. Okay. Now. Is everything else okay? Are things all right at home with the kids now? Things are Back good. Back to man. school. All but, good. <laughs> today's a today's a PD Snow day. Today's, well, today's a PD a... day. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but back to school. Everyone's good, man. Good. It's good to get right. them back on the ice too. So more kids are listening now because they're not at school today. Good. So we have to have a good show. Uh, so before we get into the show, I had a bunch of prop bets on the Super Bowl, which by the way was last Sunday. Which by the way, people will say to you, "Oh, I had the winning team." I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't have the winning team. I mean, I picked the Rams to win, but they had to win by a certain point spread, which right. was four. And if they don't screw up that extra point, you know, I get a push out of the thing. But I'm not mad because I didn't lose that much. I lost out on the National Anthem because I don't know why, but Mickey Guyton had never sung the National Anthem in more than a minute 32. And she went 150. So blew that bet. The fix is won- in. What, yeah, I think so. I think they knew. Uh, the Drake curse bet, though, I won that one because he wore Ram stuff. But what happened was, so yeah. you the idea was you bet against the Rams. And if you did against the point spread, you would have won because since he won the bet, not the game. But I did have my um, Rams winning the Super Bowl, Blue Gatorade being spilled on the coach, and Cooper Cup winning the MVP. Wow. I only had two bucks on that one, though. But anyway, so I hope you played along too via Bodog. You still have a chance to get yourself a free Hebsey on Sports t-shirt. Um, the, the final... Um, design is going into the printer. Okay. And, and my, with my catchphrase uh, that I stole years ago, uh, top shelf where they keep the peanut butter. Who'd you steal it from? I can't tell you that. I have to actually get, I have to actually, Lang? I actually have to contact him. Mike and, Lang. No, 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 no. This was an actual player. This was a, a goalie. This was a goalie. This okay. was a goalie that they would beat. His weak spot was, you know, where's your weak spot? top shelf where they keep the peanut butter and he'd lift his arm up anyway and i stole it from him. i never i don't think i ever asked for permission i don't think you can you know you can can you patent an expression uh well, yeah because ta- that guy who patent michael buffer patent uh let's Ooh. get ready to it if i say it i have to give him money so i'm not going to finish it right and didn't and taddy also has uh uh, uh a no <laughs> Uh, the English versions of those. I have the French ones. Uh, so, yeah, listen, uh, folks, uh, sorry. Sign up with Bodog. They'll match your deposit uh, from 25 up to $200. Go to hebsy.online slash Bodog. Hebsy.online slash Bodog. Click on the picture of me and Mike from 1994. I think that picture was taken. <laughs> Register, deposit, and make a play. You know what I did? I bet 100 bucks on the Blue Jays to win the World Series at plus 900. That's providing they have a World Series. Wow. Nine to one. 
On the okay. Jays. I bet That's a good you know what? And I it, wasn't, the... it wasn't even my hundred because I put a hundred in. See what right. happened? I put a hundred in the Bodog account. Bodog right. matches the hundred. So I Here's took what... the Bodog hundred. Yeah. The one the hundred that they gave me. All the Hebsy on Sports fans right now should t- go do that. Okay, what is it? Hebsy.online slash Bodog. You should know it off by heart, Mike. <laughs> I just said you it. know it off by go heart. Go there and get that. Uh, you get the free money from Bodog, and then you get do get the T-shirt later, which is bonus, man. Right. But that free money, all of that free money, put it on the Blue Jays to win the World Series. It's found money. Like, so you don't, you know, no principal lost. And imagine the the passion in your heart and in your wallet when the Jays win the World Series. So, Mike, you'll be uh, you'll be registering as soon as the show is over, right? And by the way, in order to claim your limited edition T-shirt, um, you go to hebsy.online slash T, just the letter T, right? That's it. That's just a claim. So, so if you've already bet with Bodog and, and you're eligible for a T-shirt, just go to hebsy.online slash T. And there's a little form there. And you fill out the little form and magically the T-shirt will appear at your door. Am I and it's limited again? edition. That's it. Limited edition. Amazing. It takes just a few minutes to register. All right. It, it takes a few minutes to register. It only took the Maple Leafs 21 seconds to score in front of actual fans at the Scotiabank Arena last night, where there, there was like the return of hockey. Mike, what is that thing? Oh, you're Hebsy on sports things. It says 9 to 10, 20. You've got to kill that, Mike, please. It keeps jumping up on me. It keeps what are reminding you talking about? me. 9 you've to got, 10, 20. Yeah. You've got to remind, but that reminder, even though it's past 9 o'clock now, that reminder keeps popping up into my computer and and going. Sounds like a Hebsy problem. Ruining the show. How, so what do you you're going to have to. You're going to well because you're going to have to just kill that thing. Get rid I'll of just it. I don't remove you from the invite. It was like a thank personal you. favor just, to you. Holy just, smoke! Just, just remove it because I know that Hebsy on Sports is from wow. nine a.m. I know. So please get rid of that. thing. I could do no right today. I was no, no. That's not it. I was just into my flow about talking about the Leafs. I know, but I didn't do anything. I was anything. all excited. I'm just telling you for future things. Was I admonishing you? You there? can't control your notification settings. Mike, just tell me how to stop it during the show. I turn off my phone. Nobody can phone me. No, nothing's ringing. Save for somebody knocking on the door at this time of morning. People know that th- during this hour, I can't be interrupted by anything. And if that means you canceling, well, I'm removing you from the invite as we speak. Thank yeah. you, Mike. You know what I'm good at? Not very many things. One of I them know, is but- sort of talking about sports. The rest, I'm not good. Anyway. There was about 5,000 fans in their seats last night when Maurice the Rocket Matthews scored his 33rd goal of the year, tying with Leon Dreisaitl for the league lead at the time. Um, It's actually Austin Matthews, but I kind of like the Rocket. Right? Because, well, there it is again. Again. No, that's me removing you. It's probably telling you it's been changed. So you won't get it again. Relax. Drysaddle, by the way, Drysaddle's got 35 this year. He's got 35. Matthews had 33. Forget the invite, okay? This Leaf game last night. They won. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Crosby just scored his 500th goal the other night. He was on a high. Probably got had too much to drink after the celebration, you know, when you score 500. And then they, I mean, they just, they couldn't beat the Leafs. They couldn't beat Jack Campbell. Soupy Campbell. Soup! Um, Yeah, Rocket Richard Trophy. Drysaddle's got 35 now. He won his one last night. I hate talking about Edmonton. Um, Rocket Matthews has 33. Uh, Chris Kreider of the Rangers has 33 goals. And uh, Ovechkin's got 31, so he's not out of it either. Uh, Jack Campbell, 45 of 46 saves. Uh, 45 of 46 shots, many of them from close range. You notice I didn't say point blank range because everyone says that. <laughs> everyone says that before. Um, I don't think Bob Cole ever said that. I don't believe Bob Cole ever said that from point. I don't cannot believe that Bob Cole said it because that was a 
That was a Bill Hewitt line. I don't think Bob Cole ever used point blank range. I mm. could be wrong. Prove me wrong. Morgan Riley looked like Bobby Orr on that one rush. Did you see that? Campbell hands him the puck. Campbell gets the primary assist. Morgan Riley goes coast to coast and scores like a beauty goal. And you're going, was that Borea Salming? <laughs> a Leaf defenseman has not done that since Borea Salming. Mm. I'm telling you, folks. Um, yeah, it was fabulous. So uh, that made it two to nothing on the power play in the second period. And then the vaunted Maple Leaf penalty kill struck. Boy, were they dangerous. I mean, if I were the Penguins, I would have just declined every penalty. David Kampf scored a beauty to make it three zip. Penn's got one back when Malkin, Gino, found the net three and a half minutes into the third. And then the Leafs quickly restored the three goal margin on a gorgeous goal by Michael Bunting, his 16th, and then hung on as Campbell stops 18 of 19 Penguin shots in the third. That's your recap. That's like a sports cast. That's what we used to do in the morning sports cast, right? If people didn't see the game and they're listening in the morning, give us the recap. What happened? In the third period, by the way, uh, the folks at Split and, at uh, Split and Chicklets, <laughs> Spit and Chicklets, must have said, "This is perfect. This is our this is our um, gift from now on." Austin Matthews runs face first into the crossbar. He's like chasing a Penguins player, and not and he's, he's looking past where the goal net is, and bang, he just and and the tooth went flying, like on on uh, on um, on on Jay Onright's show. He, they like circle. They actually have, they see the tooth flying out. They slow it down and they see the tooth being dislodged as it hits the crossbar. And then they circle it. Right. And there it is right there. And I think, I think it was an incisor too, Mike. <laughs> That's an important one. Hey, so you mentioned Jay on, right? I just got to ask you now that you suddenly uh, fell in love with the Olympics overnight there. Uh, are you seeing, a lot of your, <laughs> are you seeing a lot of your buddy Dan O'Toole now? Dan O'Toole is like the most uh, covered uh, Olympian in Beijing, I'd say. Jay has made fun of Dan two <laughs> nights in a row without mentioning Dan's name, but mentioning the name of the gambling site. Two nights in a row. It's pretty funny, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good. So uh, anyway, so Matthews like uh, gets into it with the crossbar, loses a tooth, leaves the game for, I don't know, a shift maybe lost, comes back. There's a, there's a quick close-up, right? Like, I'm sure the director, the producer was like, all right, you know, camera four, whoever was across the ice that got shots of the bench. All right, four, zoom in, get as close as you can in on, on, on Matthew's mouth there. And so, and so there was one where he's kind of, he's talking or whatever. And then they freeze that. And then they zoom into the, <laughs> you can see the gap where the incisor used to be. Um, didn't miss any, uh, like he missed like a couple of shifts. By the way, Mike, last night, uh, again, first time with fans in the stands. Yeah. And from what I can tell, but I've been listening so often to canned sound effects and crowd noise that you're just never sure what's live and what's mem Memorex. And I've seen the stories of how, you know, the audio engineer, uh, the director, the audio director can easily pump in, you know, crowd sound that mixes in with the 10,000 people. Sure, to sweeten it. Yeah, sweeten um last night's announced attendance 8139 which makes me believe that they they couldn't sell all the tickets mike because 50 percent capacity is let's carry the one 9400 so 8139 that's 1300 less than capacity. you're telling me there were 1300 available seats to watch the game last night don't they have enough season ticket holders to cover that amount I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think is the I announced don't know how they attendance do it. is okay. the announced attendance turnstiles or tickets sold? If it's turnstile count, then then thirteen hundred people just didn't show. Really, didn't show up. Penguins? Well, is that shocking in a uh, shocking in Toronto? Shocking! <laughs> it's absolutely every seat should be full. 
Okay, don't tell. Oh, people are dying for Leaf. Although they're because Crosby. Like how many? You know, they I are still expensive, but not. tickets aren't cheap, man. Yes. I mean, people don't have the dough. Right, right, they right. They did before, and the one and the eight thousand. What's going on now? Your phone. This, this. I'm telling you, folks. This podcast. I, I'm going on vacation in a couple of weeks. Right. It's been I don't know how right. long. But like right. things are happening in the last couple no. of weeks, last couple of hours, you I, know, I actually, alarms going off and ding, ding, dinging and and being distracted by that. Like I said, did I say, you know, Mike, you're you know, I, I should have said it about myself. We're spreading ourselves too thin. We got notifications on this device, things going on over there. People congratulating us on how great we are trying to look after family stuff. Man, it's busy. We got lots going on here. <laughs> and, and on March 1st, we go to 100% capacity, which means, and I'm not just talking 100% means you can fill the place. I'm talking about Mike, you and I have to be at 100% capacity. <laughs> if everyone, never, if every other business is going to be, we got to get, we got to get up to that level. I never dip below 99. That's my rule. <laughs> this week you were about 96. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, our women won gold against the not so hated Americans in hockey the other day. Uh, I stopped hating the Americans when, and I can't think of who the two players are, got married. One from Team Canada, one from Team USA. I stopped hating them. How can I? You got married? Oh, come on. And they all play together. You know, they all play in the same professional league. Sure. And, and, and let's face it, folks from other part of the world, they look at the Americans and Canadians and go, you guys, like, you guys are from North America, right? They don't go, well, you're from the Canadian side of the border and you're from the American side. Yes, of the they border. do. No, yes, they, they don't. Do. Fuck right off. No, they do not. Okay. I, I spent a lot of time ball. in Germany and the Mike. Netherlands. And once I tell them I'm Canadian, they treat me completely. Mike, I'm talking about when they come over here, they look, they say, we all, we're all the same. We're the same. Yeah. You're, you're North American. It's look, it's not unlike when we look at people from South America and go, Oh, you're South American. It could be Peru. It could be Ecuador. It could be Colombia. It could be Venezuela, but it's sort of like you, you guys are from South America. When, when people look at the yeah. continent, okay, unless they really hate the Americans, we're kind of interchangeable. In fact, yesterday, a gorgeous goal by Canada in the um, Steve Harvey Cup, or I don't know the name, some cup, some international competition. Great Steve competition. Harvey Cup. Well, I don't know what it's called. It's a name after name of some guy I've never heard of, but it's a, it's a, a, a competition amongst the, the top uh, playing soccer nations amongst women. Mm -hmm. And yesterday that was packed and it was Canada against England. And this goal by Janine Becky was a, a, was a stunner. Male, female elephants. Could not. This was a gorgeous left footer to the top corner. Beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, you need Becky. I say, it's Canadian. She's from Colorado. She's, she's oh. got the Canadian. So there's lots of people from other parts of the world that are representing countries. They may right. be, they may not be fully 100% Canadian, whatever. We, we accept them for where they are. Half of China's Olympic team, more than half. Are, are, are not from China, never been to China before, but they get those specially, all the Chinese hockey players. Yeah. Like you don't have to be of China. You don't have to have one quarter percent of Chinese blood in you. All you had to do was at some point be in China <laughs> and play hockey for a team in China. And that's good enough. Yeah. You're, okay. You have you're to on be the able team. to, you're you on the find team. them on the map. If you can find China on the map, you might, they might give you citizenship. Yeah, you're on the team. Oh, you've been to China. You've eaten Chinese food before. You're <laughs> right. on the team. Right. Right. Anyway, um, so our win against the Americans, who we don't hate, we don't know, you know, those Americans. It's not we like hate hate. now we, I I mean, you we might, do. you hate them, the Americans. Why? I think the rivalry is pretty fierce. Yeah. Bullshit. They play each other all the time. There's another game. Oh, this one's for the Olympic. Okay, it's a different story. But then they're going to play them again, the Three Nations Cup, Four Nations Cup, the World Championships. You know, and, and again, it's great. But mm -hmm. it would be like watching um, Ali Frazier, you know, um, every single, like four times a year. Or, you know, bang on one. Like just, you know, give me, give me some other teams. 
anyway, I wish. Anyway, yeah, that's right. Me too. Like any other, right. I'll put like, you know, I think the IIHF should just put a ton of money into a couple of countries and say, look, we're going to develop your women's hockey program so that you can compete with Canada and the United States. We've got to have something. Absolutely. Okay. Agreed. Um, all right. So four years ago, the Americans took the gold medal. So now, okay, revenge is, uh, is uh, sweet. This time around, we got the gold. And uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain, Poulain uh, became the only player, regardless of gender, in Olympic history to score in four gold medal games. Wow. Talk about clutch. Wow. Is she the, ga- uh, the greatest Canadian Olympian ever? Would it be Clara Hughes, Cindy Clausen, uh, Charles Amelin? Just won his sixth Olympic medal. Yeah, tied the record. I think it was Klassen's record, I think, uh, for uh, Winter Olympics, at least. And, well, Klassen and Hughes, right? Six. Well, Hughes, yeah, because Hughes is in two different, uh, in summer and, and winter. That's right. That's right. Six. Uh, I would compare Marie-Philippe Poulain with Christine Sinclair, mm. as far as leadership goes. I mean, Christine's got a, a gold and a bronze in the Olympics, but what she did, what she's done as a leader, as a clutch Canadian, I would put those two on the same level. A champion, period. Canadian champions. But watch out for Penny. I just shout out to Penny, who has another Olympics in oh, her. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I, I think uh, Marie-Philippe has another Olympics. Under, uh, you know, yeah, she's years. incredible. She's fantastic. She's, yeah, she's incredible. That goal that she scored. Okay, yeah. off the rebound, she was beyond the goal line, okay? And in one fell swoop, uh, banked it in off the goalie who was going backwards. was was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, the other day, uh, Canada's men's hockey team was eliminated in the quarterfinals by Sweden. Uh, they lost two nothing. Uh, you know, I'm still a little bit upset that. Didn't uh, we cover this? Well, yeah, but I, I don't know the attitude of you know we love you, Canada, win or tie. Not a good like, team, you know, and not once you're a loser. No, once you're a loser, though, you're a loser, I guess, right? No, just I, not our best. Like, but cares? still, but still, all what? the more reason to support all. I do support Canadian them, but I don't care all when they lose. Of them, all of them. I don't care. By the way, yeah, go ahead. Did you like Team Canada's uh, hockey jerseys? No, I did not. I didn't like the. No, why? Why didn't you like the hockey jerseys? I don't like that contrast of black on red. I just need maybe it's because I'm getting older and my eyes are having trouble. I need a better contrast. Like, give me the good old fashioned. I don't know, white on red or red on white. That's good contrast. What about the America jerseys? What are you talking about? You couldn't read their numbers either. Did Uh you notice that? Oh, you asked me about white on white. white on white it was awful okay even chris cuthbert during the elise penguins game last night said and i quote oh readable numbers what a concept that was his line that was a that was just a I mean, and then and then last night he's doing the slovakia uh, finland game and is he doing the game this morning also is he Probably. doing the, the sweden roc game that would be a triple headache imagine Cuth- chris you're going to the uh you're, you're going to call a game live from the scotia bank right. arena elise penguins okay have a bite eat. And then, you know, and then go do, go do Slovakia against Finland and then get a little nap in and then go do, uh, uh, Russia. What do they call ROC? ROC. Okay. In the USA. Against, I know. I'm going to uh, say that. Against uh, Sweden. Or Give me an R. That's a triple header for Chris Cuthbert, for gosh sakes. And props to Cuthbert and Brian Mudrick, who called the women's games. I mean, how they could figure out who had the puck, what number that player was. I mean, and you're calling it off a monitor too. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk to our guest about that very thing. 
But I'm can I, can I before we leave Olympics? Because I know you you hate the Olympics. No, we're not leaving line, Olympics, but, Mike. Okay, we're, we're pausing. Can I get a comment from you? We're pausing. Your thoughts on Kaylee Humphreys? Because Kaylee Humphreys is Callie. Your you mean Callie Humphreys? Is that how you say it, Callie? Okay, Callie Humphreys, as you know, and listeners know, uh, was an Olympic uh, medalist for Canada. We nurtured her, we groomed her. She married an American, and now she won gold for America. And I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on athletes that do that? Sounds to me like you're upset at Callie Humphreys. I don't mind. I actually don't mind if you start like Elaine Go, for example, is an American uh, snowboarder and ski cross, et cetera. Goo. Who, uh, Goo. Okay. Elaine Goo. <laughs> I, I watched her a hundred times. You think I know how to say her yeah, name? She's American. she's American. Yeah, she's American. And she's, she competes for China because her mom is of Chinese uh, descent. But uh, that's for marketing purposes, right? I don't mind if you start with a country and you stick with it. My issue is when you're with a country for years and years and years and then you switch midstream like that. Uh, irks me. I just want oh, to know your take. Oh, you mean like the Canadian who won in speed skating, who had been on the Dutch team for like ten years? Yeah, and then, yeah I don't like, like that it guy. Way. I, don't I don't even like know the guy's name. Way. I just remember, and uh, people were going, "Oh, Canada speed skater." I don't know the dude's name. He moved to Edmonton to to marry a, a girl. I don't, I don't even remember the situation. And suddenly we're supposed to go, "Oh yeah, th this guy." Same thing. This guy was a Dutch national uh, on the Dutch national team. wasn't good enough to make the Dutch speed skating team. Right. Or was the last. Alternate. Although that's almost then, different. No, that's bullshit. And then Canada. And then for some reason, you're allowed to go, oh, come here. We can sponsor you. And here's a woman you can marry. And then you can be on the Canadian Olympic team and win a gold medal. But that's a that's different. I'm talking about Callie Humphreys, who would have made Canada's obviously would have been our bobsled. What do they call it? Mono 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 bob competitor if she stayed in canada where she, we nurtured and, and she switched sides that in that situation. What's your take? Because then I have a special guest waiting in the uh, room. Yeah, I don't have any problem with it at all, Mike. I think you just you're hung up on this Callie Humphreys thing. Okay, if you were Callie Humphreys and you thought that Canada bobsleigh was jerking you around, right, and you had an opportunity to get married to someone from another country and play for and uh, represent their that country, you, in a heartbeat you would do it. You think you're going to go? Oh, I owe the country of Canada. No, the Canadian Bobsled uh, Association, whatever the hell they're called, uh, probably jerked her around. She didn't like it. She's not the first and won't be the last to not be happy with the way she was being treated and had another option. We would all do the same thing. I love Callie Humphreys. Good for her. Now, before we get to our special guest, a word from NateMakesSoap.com. I love it. Mike loves it. Here, I got a bar of it right here. I smell great. I wish you were here right now. I smell fantastic. You do. And our special guest is going to get uh, some as well. This, by the way, is uh, bourboned tobacco. Uh, it's NateMakesSoap.com. Uh, he's given away free samples. If you live in Toronto and you're east of the 427, west of McCowan, south of Steeles, and north of the lake, we don't deliver it to Wards Island, you get one. Uh, go to Hebsy.online slash soap. Hebsy.online slash soap. And uh, there you go. Nate will deliver to you. Support the podcast and help support a local small business. Also, we have a partnership set up with the good people at goodfootdelivery.com. That's a Toronto courier service providing meaningful employment to the neurodiverse and developmentally disabled community. They offer employment and support to a community of people who traditionally have challenges finding regular meaningful employment. This is a great company to use when you, uh, you want to order, let's say from a local business that doesn't offer delivery, local bookstore, specialty food store, local pharmacy, whatever. Go to goodfootdelivery.com. Use the promo code HEBSY50, 50, for 50% off your first two orders. Our guest today, who's been waiting patiently, listening to 
the airy badinage between me and Mike, is the play-by-play television voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He has escaped the cold winters of Canada for a sweet gig of the Sunshine State after many years with Sportsnet, TSN, and other Canadian media outlets. Let's welcome Dave Randorf to the show. Hey, Dave. Guys, how are you? Dave, we missed you. You were supposed to be on the very first show. Something came up uh, with COVID, and, uh, and we're glad that, uh, that you could finally make it. But you were our first choice. For the new format. I was you're right. I, I remember that. I was supposed to be uh, right out of the gate. You uh, sent me a message. Uh, I've been on with Mike before, but I'd never been on with you guys before. And uh, yeah, something came up. I can tell you what came up. I tested positive, and uh, I went on the uh, the shelf for a little bit and went into uh, quarantine. I really was fine. Thankfully, everything was okay. Uh, I didn't I had very mild symptoms, but you know, I had to kind of uh, lay low, and that's what I did. So. Uh, I'm glad we were, we were able to reschedule. This is great to be on with you guys. And so uh, are you on holidays now? Because the Lightning don't play till next Wednesday. So like eight days off in Florida, what are you going to do? Well, I think uh, your astute podcast viewers uh, can probably look at this room and <laughs> notice this is not my house. <clears throat> this is uh, looking very much like a hotel room. So, yes, uh, we've taken a little drive down the Gulf Coast. So we don't... Uh, we don't have another game until next week. And actually, I don't do another game myself until March 1st because there's a couple of national games in there uh, here on uh, national TV in the United States. So we get the night off. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I got a little time off to just kind of enjoy. I've got my son's coming down on Saturday and uh, the weather is great and uh, life is OK down here in Florida. Uh, do you want to tell the audience that uh, the ages of your three, three sons? <laughs> Uh, sure, no problem. Uh, my, I've got three boys, and I'm very, very young men, actually, and I'm very proud of. Uh, Kyle is uh, 24, and Blake and Trevor are twins who are 20, just about to turn 21. Their birthday is St. Patrick's Day, so they're they're almost there. Nice. And and so you uh, you got the gig in Tampa because I guess the success of Chris Cuthbert at Sportsnet. So when Chris came over to Sportsnet, Jim Houston was the number one play-by-play guy. And you were in the rotation amongst the Sportsnet hockey play-by-play guys. Is that right? Oh, yeah. No, I was, at the time, uh, I was number two. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because I didn't know. If they, <laughs> like, like when they would, when you would come in, they would say, hey, here comes number two. And when Houston would walk in, they go, hey, there's number one. And then well, like John, you know, and was, John Bartlett was, hey, there's number three. Like, how did that work? Um, it, there, there was no uh, depth chart, per se, but I think you could just basically – rank it on on your assignments and what you uh what you did on a weekly basis and uh on saturday nights and certainly when it came to playoffs so uh yeah that's uh that's what the level that i reached to uh at sportsnet with hockey night canada and very proud to have gotten to that level too um and so when cuthbert when it was announced that cuthbert was coming over from tsn and it was pretty obvious that he was going to be doing a lot of hockey what were uh, what happened to you then? Like, what did, what did they say? Cause you came over from TSN to Sportsnet. You were one of the few that left TSN, right? Like mm-hmm. they made all kinds of offers. Um, Sportsnet did when they made that deal that Rogers made that billion dollar deal. So like, like, were you confident that you could be working doing hockey in Canada or what was going through your head? Well, I think uh, this is, this is close to two years ago now. And quite honestly, my life has changed uh, so positively that I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about this. Right. Uh, so I'm going back and, and kind of rethinking all the details. Essentially, decisions are made in every business 
uh, that it's not unlike a, uh, a salary cap situation for a team. They make a trade, they bring in a guy, and uh, you can't fit everybody under the cap. I'm quite confident it was uh, a decision was made to um, – it had nothing to do with my performance or my character or my abilities or anything like that. It was just simply uh, – uh, I'd been told one thing, that everything was fine, and then things changed rapidly. COVID hit, and a lot of moving parts started happening for everybody in every walk of life including myself. So um, it was uh, a, a bit of a surprise, actually not a bit of a surprise. It was a big surprise. Um, I think I was on Mike's Toronto Mike podcast, like mere weeks before talking about things and, and how things were going and how things would resume and all that kind of stuff. So, so uh, a phone rang one day and uh, I found out about Chris simultaneously about uh, where I fit into the uh, picture. Uh, and that was that. So uh, you, immediately start i guess the one thing that i will say is that you get to a point in your career i can only relate it to broadcasting whereby you you reach a level you reach a level of experience and uh reputation and 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 you know a national network level it's not common for a a broadcaster kind of at that level when you've just done a conference final the year before to kind of get left on on the, the curve and um you know that's I don't say this bitterly at all. Everything's great. Everything's fine. But that's what happened. So you now have to start pivoting and thinking amidst all the COVID shutdowns and amidst all of the uncertainty that's out there in everybody's business, you have to start pivoting and start thinking about, okay, what do you, you got to do a lot of self-assessment. It was a great experience actually looking back to, to grow and to stay positive and to recognize that despite the fact that I've only had one job and worked in one industry my whole life, you aren't defined by that. What you are defined by is the hard work and dedication and character and ability that got you to that position. That's what defines you. And so, you know, once you uh, keep moving forward, which I did, um, things opened up and uh, I'm very grateful to uh, get this opportunity. It's, it's changed everything in terms of my, listen, I am very, very proud to have been, not many guys get to sit above the crowd on a Saturday night you know, on Hockey Night in Canada. I did it for six seasons and loved every minute of it. Uh, it's an even shorter list of guys who have called the conference final. So I'm glad to, to say that I've uh, been able to do that. But um, I don't really miss it because everything's just turned out so exciting and great down here. Um, the expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know. How important was that in you getting the Tampa gig? Because John Cooper used to watch you on television when you were on the air in Vancouver. Tell me about that story. I heard bits and pieces of it, but I want to hear from you. Well, first of all, I, you know, John, uh, yes, I did. Me, I'll tell you the story in a moment, but uh, I don't know how much. I don't know John either. I like it. the story though. Right. I like the idea. With all that, due respect to John. And Cooper, yeah. 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 We get along, we get along just yeah. fine. And it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. No, I guess not. Right, but I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't the, uh, it wasn't no, that. No, but okay, so the story is. It's a yeah, good story, is, though, come on. Yeah, uh, listen, John Cooper was said to be the uh, head coach for Team Canada, the Olympics, because he's Canadian. A lot of people may not know that, so I don't know, but uh, he uh, has coached Canada World Championship before. He's yeah. from BC, originally. Yeah. He's lived in the States now for a, a lot of years. Uh, he went to law school in the States and, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff, so he's been down in, in the United States for so long. Uh, but he is originally from BC. And there was a time in his life when he was going to UBC and living in the lower mainland and, and 
back then in those days in the late to early, late 80s, early 90s, much like Sportsline in Toronto, a show that I think everybody's heard of, there was a show in Vancouver called Sports Page. It was basically the exact same thing, although we were on at 11 instead of 11.30 like you and, uh, and Jim were. And uh, that's where everybody, that's the show everybody watched, the show I watched growing up. And now I'm on Sports Page. And so anyway, he was watching it just like you know, everybody else did at UBC. And, and it was the show, not because I was on. It was just, it was just, there was no Sportsnet. There was, TSN really didn't pay much attention to the Pacific time zone. And that's where you got your Canucks highlights and everything else. So fast forward, he gets the job uh, in Tampa Bay, replaces Guy Boucher. It's late in the season. And I'm doing uh, my job now as the voice of the Montreal Canadiens. And Tampa rolls into town, and John's a bit of a story because he's got this interesting background. And, and there he is, like 20 guys, media guys deep in uh, pregame media session in Montreal, the Bell Center, right outside right. the Lightning Locker Room. And he's answering a couple of questions, and he spots me. And I've never met him before, and he spots me. And he goes, and he points at me, he goes, whoa, wait a second, sports page. <laughs> like out of nowhere. And, and uh, so I got a chuckle out of that. And it's amazing. And I know you can relate to this, Hebzi. I My last show on sports page in Vancouver was 1995, July of 1995. And I don't go more than six months to this day without somebody bringing up sports page. I've done lots of things in my career, worked at TSN, worked at Sportsnet, worked at national level across Canada, but sports page always comes back and, and it certainly did that day. So we had a bit of a chuckle about that as well. And then, uh, of course, when I showed up in Tampa, he, he brought that up again, thought that was kind of funny. And, and uh, so that's the backstory of uh, how I first met John Cooper. I left Sportsline at Global just before that, uh, Dave, I would have been May of uh, 1995 to take a job to do uh, Argos play-by-play and then later part of the Leaf uh, play-by-play team with Joe Bowen. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but with me, it's the same. I mean, listen, if you, if you were on television at a certain time and someone, and you were on, and it was on every night, that's, I think that's the thing. It was every night. It was once a week. Sure. But if you're on every night for a while, you just, you become part of, you know, of of people's lives. And so all those years, uh, I'm not. Oh, there's no doubt about it. It's great to be recognized, but in that case there to be recognized and not expected. Like out of nowhere, like you're just a regular, you're doing your thing and someone now yeah. he looks at you and goes, wait a minute, I know you. <laughs> no, 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 I was one of those viewers That's too. Cool. I came from Vancouver to go to Ryerson in, uh, in 1980. But you're a Vancouver guy, born and raised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was born in Toronto, raised in Vancouver. So oh, okay. um, my life's kind of been split down the middle. Well, I, wait, wait, how did that happen? Wait a second, let's go back. back, back oh, into dad. Dad took a job out there. What's dad do? He was in sales for his whole life and uh, he, uh, he took a job out there and at the time, you know, we moved out there, and I guess when I was about 10 or 11, and at the time it was devastating. You know, I didn't even know where Vancouver was, barely. And, uh, you know, you're just a kid, but it turned out to be a great thing. So, but then I came to Ryerson, took radio and television arts, and yeah, you guys were on every night. And just like John Cooper was watching Sports Page back then. So fast forward, I get through uh, Ryerson and uh, canvassed television stations from coast to coast, but really focused on the Vancouver market, wanted to get back home. and. And was lucky enough to, I've had a lot of good fortune, uh, a lot of breaks and a lot of opportunities. And that's really all you can ask for is the chance to get in the batter's box and put the bat on the ball. And uh, that's what happened there. And uh, was able to go back and, and had th- six amazing, fun seasons, uh, years, I should say, at Sports Page. Those days 
Uh, I worked with a guy by the name of uh, Don Taylor, who's still on the air. Uh, well, Don, Don Taylor is the Mark Hepsher of Vancouver, is what I've been told. <laughs> he's still uh, very, very popular, though. That's right. Uh, and he's a great friend. And the guy who um, uh, gave me my first break, his name is Paul Carson. Who the late Paul well, Carson. The late, fabulous late Paul guy, Carson, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, we lost him to cancer in 2010. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I'll never forget. You never forget the guy who gave you your first break, and that's who gave, him, gave me mine. Nice. So I know that you, I was watching a documentary the other night and your face popped up with Cassie Campbell from, I don't even know what you, what Olympics it was. You were doing um, Canadian uh, women, women's Olympic hockey. Mm -hmm. what, what year was that? And, and after watching Canada, you know, beat the U S and win the gold again, uh, does that, does it bring back memories of, of, you know, your earlier days doing hockey play by play and be, and doing the Olympics, man. Well, I, I, I got to back off. I, I don't think it was the Olympics that you were watching. I think oh, that was, was a clip from, I've never, I've only done Olympic hockey once. And that was actually, it was in 1998. I got hired by an Australian television network to fly to, I know I was a what? weird, I know. Uh, <laughs> they, was, they were the, the CBC, still are, they're called Seven Network. They're the CBC of Australia. And they were doing Winter Olympics coverage for the first time. They had tons of experience do summer games, but this was the first time they were going to mount a full-blown Winter Olympics coverage for Nagato, and they also knew hockey was a big thing because the pros were coming into the picture. And there was one Canadian guy on their crew as a director, and they said uh, they knew nobody who did hockey. They had lots of experienced sportscasters, but nobody who knew hockey. And they said, Dave, put together some, uh, Dave Stewart, the gentleman's name was, said, put together a list of guys that we could maybe call. And I got a call, and Next thing I know, I'm working for an Australian network doing hockey there. So that's the only time ah. I called hockey. But it was great. Obviously, I was sitting like right beside Bob Cole and, and Harry Neal. Cool. And it was very uh, exciting moment. So what you what you saw in that documentary, no doubt, was world championship. Okay. Uh, I did I did several world championships, many world championships, yeah. men's and women's, and world juniors and under 18s for TSN. So that's probably that what that was. I did. I worked a lot with Cassie. I get mixed so, up too because there's a world championship every year, yep. but but Olympics um, only once every four years. And so mm -hmm. after a while, Canada, U.S., Canada, U.S., it, it starts to run together. Like with '99 yeah. World Championships, two thousand. You know what I mean? It's sort of because it's only those two teams. We don't. I don't recall any game that Canada played against any other nation that was significant. I hate to say it. No, I'm it's sure. true. I mean, no, it's true. I mean, there was. Uh, there's been the odd game against Sweden and maybe Finland at times when they had a very good goalie, but there's, there's no question. There's no hiding it. And this comes up every time the Olympics roll around when, when the stage is bigger and people complain about the one-sided results that you get in any international sport, really. And it's, it's a tough one because the rest of the world hasn't been able to catch up to either the United States or Canada in that sport. But when they play, it's, it's entertaining and it's great. And I do have great memories of, of many games, including a couple of world championships in Canada where I think I did one in Halifax, I did one in Winnipeg, if memory serves correctly, where it's, it's exciting. And this was, you know, this was several years ago. So this is back when women's hockey, there was no Marie-Philippe Poulain yet. The game, and I think every woman involved now, including Cassie, would say it's come so far in such a short period of time. Huh. The game was good back then, but now they, the passes are, are more crisp. The shots are harder. The goalies are excellent. Uh, the depth on the on both teams is, you know, you used to have just one or two lines on the other team. Now they've got four lines. And so the talent in the women's game just gets better and better all the time. So I was there. Uh, it's actually an interesting story about how I got my first NHL break. 
I got it by calling a women's game. Paul Romanuk, I was at TSN. Paul Romanuk got sick, and I got a call at the last minute. I was still living in Vancouver, and they right. said, listen, there's a CIS uh, women's national championship game next week in Calgary. Can you do it? Work with Cassie. And, I, and, you know, the answer when you get a call like that is yes, yes, I can, sure. So I scrambled and around, and, and by then I'd started doing small events for TSN, a lot of, a lot of Hockey Canada stuff. A lot of uh, Royal Bank Cups and Telus Cups, right. and they do a lot of that stuff. And that's that was my training ground. Yeah, got to so get your I feet wet, game. right? I'm sorry? Got to get your feet wet. Yeah, for sure. So, and and this story relates to that. So we go and do this game at the, uh, the Speed Skating Oval in Calgary. There is nobody there. Like, I'm talking nobody except for the people on the on the benches. And the game was terrible. It was, and Cassie will admit this, even women in the game will probably admit this. It was a one nothing game in overtime. Kim St. Pierre was playing for McGill, so she wasn't allowing any goals. And nobody, I believe it was U of T against them. And uh, anyway, we, we call a game. And then fast forward a year later, TSN lands national rights. And now I'm living in Toronto. And now we're all excited because, hey, the NHL is coming back to TSN. And we all wondered, you know, would I have a role in this and that kind of thing? Yeah. And um, my phone rings and it's uh, my, my boss, Rick Chisholm, saying, uh, come on in. We'd like to talk to you about your upcoming role in the NHL. And I'm like, wow, great. This is cool. pretty cool. I, I, you know, I, I can't imagine what it is. And I go in and I sit down and I said, uh, Dave, uh, listen, Gord Miller is going to be our lead play-by-play by voice, but we've got about 60 games and 25 games. You're going to be calling them. And I was floored. I'm going to the NHL all of a sudden. I had no experience. I'd never called an NHL game. Wow. And I was thrilled. And I, as I'm walking out, I said, guys, I got to ask, you know, I'm going to do the best I can here. And, and I'm going to make you um, always look back at this as a good decision. But I've got to ask, what made you think I could do NHL? And Rick Briggs Jude spoke up and said, remember that game I called you about like a year ago, that women's game? He had to replace Romanok on short notice. And I said, yeah, I remember that. He says, well, that game was terrible. And I said, yeah, I see you remember that. And he goes, well, you made it sound pretty good. And if you can make that game sound interesting and exciting, then you can call an NHL game. And I've never forgot that story and that lesson because that ultimately led to me living in Florida now as the voice of the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, and everything that in between because you never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. You never know who's paying attention. I, I tell that story a lot to students who ask me for advice. Prepare for everything, every event, no matter how much notice you get, like it's going to be your last one because people are paying attention and somebody's going to need somebody at some point. And the door opens up and then you get your opportunity and, and hopefully you run with it. Great advice. So now you're in Florida. You're, uh, sounds like a sweet gig. What are your responsibilities? Do you work for the team? Do you work for a broadcast uh, entity? Tell me. Yeah, no, I, uh, my paycheck says Tampa Bay lightning on it. So okay. it's, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, this is the first time I've worked for a team. I've always worked for a network. And, you know, if you go back to my, I guess I was a national hockey play by play man where you keep it down the middle of the road with your call and you uh, that's, you better keep it down the middle of the road. You're, you're in Edmonton on a Saturday night doing a play <laughs> in the Oilers, and, and people are still going to think you're cheering for one side or the other. It, it just never will change. Uh, Canuck fans were all over me about that too. He's cheering against the Canucks. Well, he, likes the, he likes this team better. And it's, it's just not true. It just is not true. We don't 
care who wins the game. We all want to see a good game. I love the sport. You want to have a good show. You want to have a good game. Well, now it's different. It's fun at Pepsi to actually give a shit who wins the game now. Because for a <laughs> long time, I didn't. I just wanted a good show and a good game to call and maybe an overtime goal. And, and then off we go to the next game. Okay, now wait, wait a second. Wait, but wait, Dave. So when you were growing up, you had to have had a favorite team before you got into broadcasting, right? Oh, sure. I, uh, I was a young kid uh, growing up in Toronto before we moved to Vancouver. So, you know, I've got, I can tell you all the numbers of those, uh, those seventies Leafs teams. And, and then of course I, uh, because the Leafs never really did much in the playoffs. I have got vivid memories of watching the Montreal Canadians and that dynasty team on, on, in the playoffs and right. hockey in Canada. And now here I am working alongside one, a guy who played on that team in Brian Englund, which is, uh, he's got some, he's an amazing, become an amazing friend and he's an amazing partner, but he's got great stories about those days. So, you know, those were my formative years. And then, you know, you moved to Vancouver and certainly, uh, I remember the, uh, the Canucks going to the cup final in 82, which was a huge deal at the time. And then in, uh, and then covering them in 1994 when they went to the cup final against the Rangers. So yeah, you had a bit of allegiance towards the Canucks, but you know, you move on and you really do lose that, that element. I was a big BC Lions fan too growing up. And then I was right. the host of the CFL on TSN and I didn't, I kind of lost that allegiance as well. So well, you're a journalist a fan again. You had to be a journalist. Look for, I mean, yeah. I grew up, I grew up a Leafs fan, a Blue Jays fan. I'm their harshest critic and have been. And, and when I was in the media, I did because I had to be because I didn't want someone saying, oh, you're a homer. But mm -hmm. then when I did the Leaf games on radio with Joe Bowen, yeah, you, like they don't, we don't want criticism. But it's not a lot of, well, Leaf, only Leaf fans are listening to those games. And I guess yeah. since you're doing, you're on the Tampa Bay, uh, you know, network, um, the people watching the games, they're not people who are going to watch the Rangers in Pittsburgh tomorrow. They're Tampa, Tampa fans. And they tune in to hear a, a Tampa, um, not a homer, because that's a terrible word, but someone who also wants the team to win. Is that about right? That's 150% right. And it's interesting. So first of all, the gentleman that I took over from had been in, in the position. His name's Rick Peckham. Rick He'd Peckham did the Hartford Whaler games when I was uh, in Hartford. He, yeah, he, he was just... He just was named the Foster Hewitt Award winner by the Hockey Hall of Fame last mm. year. So he's, he's had a Hall of Fame career, 40 years of calling hockey, the American League, NHL, and, and so on. But he did the Lightning job for 24 years. Jeez. So I'm coming in following a guy who's been the voice of the Lightning for, for a generation. I, know, I knew what I was walking into, and I was confident in my experience level and, and ability to you know, call the game. But you know, it's like sports fans are still a massive adjustment period and, and probably still is to this day. I know there is, you know, I'm, I'm almost through my second season. The fans, by the way, have been very, very nice to me. And it's been really, they really welcome me as part of their, their own. And, but they aren't afraid to call me on it. Like Dave, you know, maybe back off that Barkov goal for the Florida Panthers a little bit. <laughs> and I did catch myself a couple of times in, in year one, going, maybe I should, shouldn't lean on that call as much as I did. And nobody wants me to be a homer. The Lightning don't want me to be a no, homer no, of course or, or, you know, dumb it down when the other team scores. Right. Um, you know, we are professionals. But you said a minute ago that, you, you know, it was almost a, a criticism to be called a homer as a broadcaster in Canada. Well, now they want me to be a homer in, in not, not full on, full blown, like the other right. team doesn't exist. But my audience is the Tampa Bay Lightning fans. Yeah, and they've yeah. got a great fan base. Place is sold out every night. It truly is. And I say this 
long before I became the voice of lightning, it was always one of my favorite places to see a game. It's uh, it's a great atmosphere, night after night. The team is good year after year. Even win, lose, or draw, they're they're an exciting, entertaining team to watch. So the and, and they've got a genuine connection with the community. Even with the Bucks and Brady there recently, I'm telling you, you see more bolts, flags, license plates, hats, swag all around the Tampa Bay area. It is a hockey town. In case anybody listening on your it's podcast, it's not a baseball here, town. I'll tell you that, Dave. Certainly isn't a baseball town. Oh, we can we can talk about that too, but. Uh, it is a hockey town. There is no right. doubt about it. Well, it's been I there. Mean, it's been this, thirty. It's been thirty years. So I mean, let, if they haven't, the, if they haven't just, embraced just, hockey by now, right? Right. And they have. And just how many champions? How many Stanley Cups? Just con- exactly. Consider this one stack of all the Canadian-based teams in Canada. Nobody, none of them, have won one Stanley Cup in the time Tampa Bay has won three. Go ahead and rub it in. It's just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want this to deteriorate into a battle between look, the Leafs are chasing Tampa and Florida every year. Last year, yeah. they got one break, one break. They got to play in Canada and they still screwed that up. But you don't <laughs> think Leaf fans are, are like on edge. It's like, Oh my God, we're going to make the playoffs. Sure. But Oh man, Tampa and Florida, all of a sudden, how did Florida get so good? And oh. we're still, you know, the way we are Florida. Dude. What a team, man. That's, I mean, what a, what a, what a race that, what a division that is. Those top yeah. three teams are, you know, there was, uh, are, I did the first round series last year between Tampa and Florida. One of the, if not the best series I've had the chance to call. I've had a couple of really great series, but that one from the drop of the puck game one, right through game six, that Tampa won on home ice. It was a thrilling series. And you're right. Florida is no joke. They are fast. They're deep. They're talented. They've got goaltending. I mean, Huberto, if you haven't seen what he's been doing or saw the goal at Barkov school, I saw that man. I mean, it's crazy that crazy. goal he scored. And, but they've added guys like Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhardt. They've really, you know, and uh, Anthony Duclair is a, is a beast with his speed and his power. Uh, Ekblad's healthy. He wasn't healthy last year. He broke his leg in March, so he wasn't there for the playoffs, and that hurt them. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of good stories there, and, and they are, they're going to be a very, very tough out. But that's a great race between Toronto wow. and Tampa and Florida for first in that division. How many games this year have you done off monitor versus live in the building? Um, I, off the top of my head, I would have to say of the, probably this year, huh. 10, probably, maybe not 10, maybe just under 10 because we were traveling, everything was fine. And then uh, right after Christmas, they pulled us off the road again because Omicron started to kick up. And uh, uh, pretty w- much across the board, a lot of broadcast teams were now coming off the road again, just to make sure that we stayed healthy and For uh, sure. just less uh, one last person on the on the charter flight and all that kind of stuff, which I understood. And we have a road trip coming up in Canada in March that we've been told we're not going to go to either because, again, they just can't afford to get anybody stuck up there. If somebody gets sick, they got to stay there until uh, for whatever the quarantine right. period is now. So um, I've called several, almost all of last year off for the road games it was an interesting situation last year because the raptors were also playing in tampa as you know and so there were nights when the lightning were on the road we've got to call the game off too which we were primarily doing from our booth in amelie arena but they when the raptors were home when they were home at amelie arena we had to go to places like we actually did it from the outdoor party deck on the sixth floor of Emily Arena, outside. <laughs> so those were my favorite nights, actually. It was beautiful, warm weather, and you, the skylines in the background, and 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 we did from studios in Fort Lauderdale, and, and then they finally built a studio in Tampa. 
So we were all over the map as every broadcaster was calling games off the monitor. Very cool. Well, listen, I hope, uh, look, I'm coming down there. I, I, I guess you're supposed to be on the road. I'm there March 7th to the 18th, but so that trip to Canada, you're not going to take part. You're only going to take part of it. Uh, no, we're not. We're not going on that uh, trip at all. We'll be back calling all those games off of tube. So I'll be oh. around. Oh, so you'll be around. Great. So I'll look you up. Yeah. We're, um, I don't know if there's going to be baseball or not. I, who, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I, I, live very, story. I live very close to Dunedin and it's amazing. I, for years, I knew that Dunedin was the spring training home of the Blue Jays, but I didn't really know what a great place Dunedin is. It's fabulous. It's a cool huh? little t- oh, it's a cool little town. It's so yeah. poor. You got great places to go for, uh, you know, snacks and bevies. And then last year I was able to see regular season games in Dunedin while they were still playing down there, you know, some playing the Boston Red Sox for real in a spring training stadium. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, I got, I, I got tickets for a bunch of Jays games. If they're going to play, uh, you're welcome to come along. We'd love to hang out with you, Dave. All right. Well, uh, I will hold you to that. that that'd be great. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Toronto, Mike, I know you've interviewed Dave before, but I know you're dying to ask him at least one question. I think. Yeah, I just want to say uh, <laughs> FOTM Dave Randorf that uh, you know what I think of you, buddy. And uh, I'm so damn happy for you. Good things happen to good people. And you were done dirty by Rogers. So good for you, buddy. Well, I appreciate the sentiments. I, I honestly, I'm coming on your show here today with uh, everything is great. I, I'm very happy and, and I've grown through right. the, that whole experience that I don't look back on at all. And, and I've got a lot of great friends and great memories, as I said earlier today in this podcast of of working uh, on a Saturday nights. I'm very uh, happy to have said that I've done it, but uh, I, uh, I'm, everything's worked out just great, but I really- You look happy. Like you that. look really happy. You and do, Dave, man. It's, this is the gig for you, okay? Yeah, it's, the, it's it's a good gig, and and uh, I, I tell people all the time, come on down and see a game. It's, it's, a, it's a fun building to see a game, and it's a great city, and the weather's pretty good, too. So uh, thanks, guys. All right. You're welcome, Dave. And before uh, I let you go, I have to tell you that the first season that the Tampa Bay Lightning played, they played in a place called Expo Hall, uh, which I think was an indoor soccer venue before that. And uh, oh, I, I can to- tell you what it is. I can tell you what it is. Do you have time for another one more little quick story? Yeah, yeah, of course. It is. It's a state fairground. It, it, it is a rec center with a low ceiling. And it's 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 like right now there's the Florida State Fairs going on there. They've got cattle in there. It's 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 mind blowing. Oh, I know, know Dave, no, because I did the interviews, the between period interviews outside with the smell of cow shit wafting from the agricultural, like they said, this was one of my, it was the first game that was ever played in Tampa that the Leafs played there. It was like in the fall. It's on the outskirts of downtown. Yeah. And And I know this because last year I did a, uh, last year I did an interview with Phil Esposito for a feature for for a show we have. And Phil's around all the time. He does the radio and that's another story in, in itself, but I show up. And there's Phil, and we're standing at what would have been center ice. And I said to him, this is where you, I can't believe that what you have now for the Tampa Bay Lightning, one of the model franchises in the entire league and three-time Stanley Cup champions came from this place that you say smelt like cow shit outside because it did. And, and it does. It's, it's, it's amazing where this place came from. Unbelievable. And then they went to that Thunderdome, that horrible, horrible place. I remember, remember well, talking about it's, about- it's where the Rays play. Oh my God, horrible for hockey, yeah. ridiculous. And I just I remember Paul Eisbart, I think was the first captain of the Tampa Lightning. I don't think they had a captain at first. I think it might have been Eisbart. And he was like, Can you believe where we're playing? Because the year before, they were playing in this little box that that's, I don't know, seated maybe 10,000. Anyway, did pucks anyway. hit the ceiling? Like, would pucks hit the ceiling? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's not that low, but no, it, but it, no, it was <laughs> pretty, honestly, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, uh, 
It's like Arizona's rink's going to be next year. It's going to wow. be like, seriously, a little dinky. Place. But, but 30 years old, you know, I, I, the it, smell of it, cow it's, shit. it's old and, and it's just like, it's a state fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fairgrounds. Well, it's, welcome it's, to the NHL. Exactly. It's I remember unbelievable. that. And Phil said, guys, it was like a, they, they, their dressing rooms were in portable trailers. Outside. I know. That's where, that's where the, the New York Rangers and right. the Chicago Blackhawks, who were the first game in there, by the way, there was um, no TV studio, Dave. There was no studio. No. I sat outside interviewing well, a hockey player, a great story. sweating in skates with the smell, the smell of cow dung. Oh my god, <laughs> crazy! So there's a story you can yeah. tell. Oh my god, you were you were you were working in Vancouver at the time, and John Cooper was watching you every night from UBC. That's right. All it's, right, that's it's funny. Yeah, I, I I remember when they got the. Uh, it's funny how you look back in your life, and I remember those days. I remember seeing those highlights. I didn't even know where Tampa was on the state map. I knew it was in Florida, but I didn't even know where Tampa was. And we all thought the same thing. What is the NHL doing in Tampa? Like, what are, what are they trying to pull here? I know. And, you know, what's fantastic. Uh, Dave, I'm, I'm staying in Madeira Beach, so I'm not far from you. We're going we're gonna to hook up when we're down there. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. And have a great day. And, man, you know, I would say go Bolts, but, you know, you got the Leafs in the same division, buddy, so we're always going to be at odds there. All good. Thanks, right. uh, Mike and Hebsey. Thanks for having me on. It's a, it's right, a pleasure to talk to both of you guys. Thank nice you. Team, All man. right. That was Thanks, great. Stuff. That's Dave Randorf, play-by-play man of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and uh, yeah, he, as he says, he's got a, you know, he's got a root for the, not root for them, but he's got, he hopes they win every his, game. It's different. His checks are signed by the Tampa Bay. That's Lightning. it. And, and he's, he's got to be upfront about that these days. <laughs> All right, let's get into, uh, we did, we haven't discussed the Raptors um, because they're not playing this weekend. It's the NBA all-star oh, weekend. Speaking of a team that started in a terrible place to play before their proper arena was built. No because kidding. They were playing at the dome. It was off. That was awful. Uh, they get a few days rest, the Raptors do, as the NBA circus moves to Cleveland for All-Star Week. Cleveland in February, Mike, nothing better. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, we can't, who, we can't who point fingers. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to make that trip today? <laughs> Remember how the... cold it was when we hosted that All-Star game? That was the coldest oh, it was ridiculous. we had like ever. Unbelievable. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, but a lot of fun, man, when they were here. Um, the Raptors hit the break with a record of 32-25. and 25. That's good for seventh place in the East. So as you know, the NBA playoff system is uh, they have a play-in tournament. Teams uh, seated seventh through tenth right. have to play, right? Uh, and then for the last two spots. So it would be lovely if the Raps could avoid that uh, nonsense and finish sixth or higher. Uh, right. Not going to be easy. They got a great team, but uh, the teams above them are pretty good too. Anyway, Fred Van Vliet, subject of a lovely, touching, heartfelt documentary produced by Scott Moore, by the way, and excellently so. Uh, Freddie is the Raptors representative in Cleveland and is favored along with Patty Mills to win the three-point shooting contest tomorrow. Plus 440 is a decent price. I put some money on Freddie there. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend features the Celebrity Game and the Rising Stars Game tonight, followed tomorrow by the Skills Competition, the three-point shooting contest, and the Slam Dunk Contest. And then Sunday, it's the big game. But really, people, the, the game doesn't mean anything. By Sunday, it's like, eh, you know. Everyone's buzzing about the three-point shooting or the slam dunk or you know, something. Of all the sports to take out any physicality, uh, basketball, I mean, hockey's not good either. I'm not trying to say that, but these are tough sports to watch without yeah. any physicality. Right. There's no defense as well. And it's a Baseball's the only one that works for all-star games, in my humble so? opinion. I think so. In my humble opinion, a baseball all-star game works. Uh, used to it, more. It used to be more meaningful. Well, See, what happened? When, they, when yeah. they wore their own uniforms. Well, when they meant something too, see, they've added the home run derby to it, but they need to do something more like the NHL skills and the NBA skill stuff is great. 
football. Yeah, well, the, football, the home run derby is a big deal. Didn't they have the punt, pass, and kick championships at the Pro Bowl? Did they used to have that? Where the 12 that because I remember one of the I forget who it was, but like one of the 12 year olds was like, That's not a 12 year old. You'd see these, you'd see 12 year olds that were huge. Yeah, they had a beard. <clears throat> Guys like that. It was pretty funny. A uh, 50 year old Jacques Villeneuve, who won the Indy 500 in 1995 and a Formula One title mm-hmm. in 1997, has qualified for Sunday's Daytona 500. Wow. That's NASCAR, baby. That's this wow. guy can drive. Wow. Uh, he tried to qualify for the, uh, the Daytona back in 2008, but failed. This is a great story here, Mike. Mm-hmm. Once a race car driver, always a race car driver. Well, it's in his blood. Jacques Villeneuve sure is. I was friends with his father, his late father, Gilles. Right. In Montreal. Interesting guy. Uh, Always would always go on the edge. Just that was his nature, man. That was his nature. Just as fast as you can go on the edge. Uh, Sadly missed boy. That's a long time ago now. That's 40 years ago that he's been dead. Jeez. Um, In golf, 23 year old Joaquin Neiman of Chile, Santiago, Chile. Shot an eight under 63, leads the Genesis Open, hosted by Tiger Woods. That's where he went for a little tumble and uh, you know, wrecked himself. And uh, according to him, almost had his leg amputated. Anyway, um, he's the host. He's not playing, but he's on, he's on every tee. Like Rudy, he's like the, the Ryder Cup non-playing captain or something. Uh, being played at the luxurious, luxurious Riviera Country Club in L.A. Cameron Young, Max Homa, Scotty Scheffler, and Jordan Spieth are one back after shooting 64s. Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes are the top Canadians at plus one. Taylor Pendrith and Adam Hadwin plus two. Roger Sloan plus seven. I made a bet for $10 on Patrick Cantlay to win the tournament. He's at one under, so he's like seven shots back, but there's lots of time. I got good numbers. I got 12 to one. Patrick Cantley. I think he's a good call. I don't know what, like, just for some interest, 10 bucks. On the well, you, you like to, uh, yeah, you like, you like to have a little, a little interest. Have you seen this Harvey's commercial? Which one? I can't, you know, the one. If you, hey, forklift guy. Memory. who is that? Who is that? Hey, forklift guy. Yeah, I do remember this commercial. Okay. Yes. So it's on all the time. It's a woman, right. she's a trainee and she's on the forklift right. in, a, in a factory and, and then there's two deadpan actors going, well, who's that? Well, she's a, who's that? Yeah, like she's like the boss or but something. She just, yeah, she's the boss. She just had, she just got she her picks burger her all dressed. She just got to choose her burgers. And it's very deadpan. And then this girl right. is like, well, lift me up there. So annoying. <laughs> because I think this is what's happened, Mike. Right. And we're going to have to, I think we might have to ask Adam Seaborn, our friend, who really knows media and such. But I think some of this has to do with make goods that the networks are giving back to the, these sponsors because they couldn't air the commercials because oh. events were canceled and postponed. Remember that? But yeah, on that note, do you know they're going to play that tournament in August? Yeah, yeah, the uh, two of them. They're going to play the well, that uh, should one be the in June, one in June and one in August. But the ad dollars aren't going to be the same watching women's hockey in August as they would no, have No, I meant uh, World Juniors. That's what I meant. Oh, the World oh. Juniors, but also the in women's. In August. Okay, the I, I know, but the, uh, the make goods are for that junior tournament because they get all those eyeballs. No, but there was also a women's tournament that they oh. had. Obviously, the, it wouldn't have been as much, but right. the world junior, yeah, was huge. So right. you're not going to get the viewers in August that you're going to get into. So I think I think the networks, there's some way where it's like, look, let's let's run the shit out of that Harvey's commercial. Let's just run it so much, right? Because we owe them Harvey's because they were going to be our sponsor on the world right. junior. I don't know. But anyway, the other one is, and yeah. Jay on writes two nights in a row right. on the Jay on right. Uh, the Jay on right show. What's it called? What's his show called? It used to be Jay and Dan. It's now just called the Jay on right. You should know you're the super. No, fan. But you're right. But I watch it. I just not sure if it's the sports <laughs> desk with Jay on right sports desk with Jay late night sports, or the Jay on right show, whatever. 
Jay has made two nights in a row a crack about Mm -hmm. the betting site that Dan O'Toole is doing commercials for. And suddenly also cracking about how often his podcast commercial, because he's on a lot. So any of these commercial breaks that I've been watching lately, it's like, holy cow. So two nights in a row, Jay has made this, you know, a subtle kind of a crack. Like, oh, my God, you know, we're seeing this as often as we're seeing that commercial for that gambling company. Dan O'Toole should make a cameo appearance in the next Harvey's ad. <laughs> that would be funny. All right. I think we looked after everything on this show. I think so I apologize for the screw ups earlier on with the dinging and the donging going on and the noises. And the we can't hear that, by the way. We only heard you complaining about it. You can't hear that. You must be yeah. able to through my microphone. Oh, oh no. for sure you did. It was so loud it had to have gone. Well, I'm wearing mic. the cans listening like a producer and never heard a ding from you. Really? So how does how is it that I hear it going? It blasts out of my computer and you don't hear a thing and the microphone doesn't pick it up? Okay. I heard it. All right. Anyway, so then I don't apologize. That's it for episode 272 of Hebsy on Sports. No apologies. And thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike and do yourself a favor. Listen to all 1,000 of his podcasts, but not in order. Just pick them randomly, okay? Or just check out episode 1,000, and uh, you'll have a pretty good idea what it's all about. Thanks. (laughs) Good job, buddy. Clear your schedule. That's right. That's that's right on your schedule. Thanks uh, as well to our executive producer, Scott Allen, and to our guest today, Dave Randorf, play-by-play television voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champions. And shout-outs to our sponsors, NateMakesSoap.com and GoodFootDelivery.com. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another edition next week when our guest will be the man known as Brittle Star on Twitter. Stuart Reynolds, the Internet's favorite dad, will join us next week. What are you laughing about? What? No, he he left a very uh, sarcastic comment on episode 1000 that you referenced earlier. So just I, I left a sarcastic comment. What do you mean? No, Brittle Star did. Oh, he did. Yeah. Like oh. he's in. Yeah, anyway, that's all. I was laughing. I didn't know you'd ask me why, but because he's in episode 1000 being a, you know, a little bit of a smart ass. So uh, I'm looking forward Good. to seeing him next week. He'll be uh, perfect okay. on our show then. A yeah. little bit of a smart He'll ass. We'll make, right him a, in. we'll make him a big smart ass by the time he's done. <laughs> All right. That's next week on Hebsey on Sports. Thrilled to have him on next week. Until then, so long for now.